Hello and welcome to the newly named DJ Force X in conversation. It is still the podcast. I uh, just slightly changed the name uh, just to kind of bring it in line with the radio show that this kind of uh, goes with. Um, because that is called DJ Force X in conversation. So <laughs> uh, it kind of made sense to kind of rebrand, I suppose, and make it all one. Um, and so that there's like, takes an extra step out on my part, because uh, my time is very limited right now. Uh, as you probably guessed to any kind of regular listeners, I've been kind of on and off releasing these. Um, but hopefully that's going to start picking up now, because it's only been a couple of weeks since the last one. Uh, so I've got a couple of uh, interviews lined up uh, next week. Um, so we should have some regular regular releases on this front, as well as obviously updating the radio show on Total Rock, uh, which goes out every Sunday at 6pm for those that are interested. It includes music on it as well, uh, whereas this is just the interview itself. Um, I don't quite have the licensing yet to uh, add music to this, apart from my own, the intro and outro music. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got a few plans for the show as well coming up. I think I mentioned in the last podcast, but uh, trying to organize something for Record Store Day. Um, I've got uh, an interview lined up with a band that are actually releasing something that day and a couple of labels that have kind of been involved in it in the past. Um, and I'm trying to get more, so uh, hopefully that will expand. I'm also trying to get into the uh, DMC, the Disco Mixing Championship, um, the, the Scratch DJing Championship, the traditional one. Um, I say traditional, it has adopted the digital side of things, but, you know, two turntables and a, and a mixer. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to get involved in that, trying to get some of the DJs in that that have been involved in that in the time, because, you know, it's, that's a big part of my background when it comes to DJing. Um, I used to love scratching and stuff up, making battle sets, stuff like that. Um, and even into the DMC one year, I didn't do very well. I I didn't even get past the sort of general heat, but... <laughs> less said about that the better um but yeah um so again um trying to get some new material for this um but bands i'm still looking for bands uh, i went to the west end center in aldershot last week as well uh, managed to catch four new bands there um and uh yeah i'm gonna have one of them on my show because they got an album coming out i think later this year uh bright light city um who were very good they very they impressed me uh, all the bands were good that night, but um, they particularly kind of hit hit a certain mark with me. Um, and I got to chat to them after the show, uh, which was great. And um, yeah, we sort of lined up a few bits here and there. And uh, yeah, they'll be on my show soon. I think once their album is in uh, in flight, if you will, we'll have them on. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking for other bands as well. So if any bands are listening to this, just get in touch. Info at DJ Force X or at DJ Force X on all the socials. Um, but yeah, also check out my uh, other radio show. It is on Tuesday nights, again on Total Rock, but it is my, uh, my metal and dance mashup show, if you will, uh, called Crossing the Streams. Uh, it goes out at 11 o'clock UK time, uh, but do check that one out because I, I love mixing those things up and, uh, you know, it's something slightly different. Uh, also, I am DJing live. Um, I am in Guildford on Friday the 30th, which is actually tomorrow as i'm recording this uh but it's the last friday of every month in guildford uh i dj schism uh and once we get woking back up and running again that'll be the first month uh first friday of every month as well uh but back on the live scene here in the uk anyway i've been rambling long enough um i'm gonna let you get to this interview so this is dave windorf of monster magnet enjoy
welcome, first and foremost, to the show, um, after that little hesitant start there. Um, but yeah, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, we got, I got a gig tomorrow, like the first time we played in oh, a bunch of months. So um, yeah, do New York City tomorrow, so I'm totally psyched. Nice, nice. I'm ready to get out of the box, you know, making a record and, you know, the pre- the pre-work for releasing a record is just me kind of sitting around my kitchen talking on the phone all day. Yeah. And, uh, which is fun, <laughs> but not as much fun as rocking. No. So I was like, I got to get out. It's like, come on, let me out. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. I know how you feel. I was, I was in a band many years ago, uh, did the rounds and stuff, but yeah, there was nothing quite like blowing the cobwebs off and, uh, being on stage, you know? Yeah, it's the only time I really feel like I'm in a band. Like, all the rest of the time, I feel like I'm faking it. So, you know, but when you're actually in front of people, you know, people are like, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, like right there to your face. So yes. you, you got to, you have to be good. Yes. Yeah, you have to be on it. Otherwise, you know, they, the faces do tell you um, on that front. Um, so, yeah, um, here to talk about your new album, which came out last week. Uh, it's called Mindfucker. Um, well. And it's out on uh, Napalm Records. Uh, which is your, yep. is it your third album out on that label? It is, well, it's actually more. We did more. We did a, one, two, three, four. We did five records. So some of them were like reimagined uh, oh, okay. reworkings and stuff. So I guess we have five. Cool. There's five records out on Napalm. How did that um, relationship start with Napalm? Because they've kind of grown into quite a, a diverse label in the rock field anyway. Because um, I know they started off kind of a bit more of a black metal. Like, yeah. Yeah, they just came to, you know, they they came to me at a time where um, I was looking for somebody. And uh, sure enough, they said that they wanted to diversify. Yeah. I was like, you sure you want us? You guys are like straight, you know, like crap metal, man, you know? (laughs) And uh, they're like, well, you know, it's like we're a record company. We're not just any record company. We're just, we're a record company so we can grow. Yeah. And they were cool, you know? No interference. There's no big opinions about anything and it's just we just like we like monster man and we want you to do want you to do what you do over here cool. and and i was like okay let's give it a shot so it worked out excellent excellent because I've, I've been speaking to a few bands i'll be getting obviously sent a few releases from them and it is quite a like i say quite a diverse label and i was just curious how that that relationship started because um a couple of bands that i know personally have signed to them as well so Right. If anything goes these days, it's like for, I guess if you're a straight metal band, it's always been in the last bunch of years, it's been easier to find a label that looks like you sound. Yes. You know, but for, for Monster Magnet, which has never been, I don't know, it's been hard for me to categorize it. You know, I never wanted to categorize it. I just look at ourselves as rock. Yeah. And, and psychedelic rock, depending on what the mood is, what my mood is for that day. And so far as I've never seen a label that that says that's what they specialize in. You know, yeah. we specialize in straight up rock and psychedelic rock. So we've never had a, I've never had a home where I actually felt like, oh, this is exactly where we're supposed to be. So it's no no worries for me to um, to uh, set up shop in a in a in a place that maybe not look perfect. But things may be getting better. I mean, with all the stoner stuff that's coming out across Europe, I can imagine there might be a, <clears throat> a place where a, or larger record companies on the size of Napalm and Nuclear Blast that may come in and represent that kind of music. Yeah. With a bigger profile themselves, which would be cool, you know? Yeah, it'd be nice to have something to kind of head up that 
Yeah, just Actually. because the whole metal, you know, metal for metal's sake, it's getting kind of old for me. You know yeah. what I mean? It just, it's way too much. It's a simple term that's put to stuff that, a lot of stuff that doesn't exactly apply in my mind. So I'd like to see some of That's why I'm glad they're diversifying. Yes. Yeah. Napalm and nuclear blast. Yeah, and nuclear blast as well. Yeah, they're another one that have uh, kind of opened up their doors, if you will. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. So, um, like I said, new album, uh, Mindfucker. Um, it's a great album, first and foremost. Um, I've, I got sent it, uh, or I got sent the streams a couple of weeks ago and, um, yeah, I've been having it like on and off since, since then. Um, a couple of tracks I really love. Uh, I love the title track, the mindfucker track. I've been playing that on my show and when I've been DJing live as well. I've been playing Thanks, dude. Um, but I really love like drowning. Um, cool. uh, just purely cause it's more of a story based song, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's sure. Like, there's like a, I love songs with that, that tell a story in itself because a lot of songs you get kind of over repetition and you know of, of a theme, um, but one that takes you on a journey, uh, kind of like this one cool. for me. Uh, one cool, song, nice. And mm-hmm. um, what was the other one? When when the hammer comes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I mean the rest of the album's great as well, but those were like real standout tracks for me. On that front thanks dude. They're, they're like actually some of my favorite songs too so excellent <laughs> i agree i was gonna ask <laughs> i was got any of those make it into your live set for any of your shows coming up yeah definitely well already um we got two we're doing mindfucker and and hammer actually tomorrow in the cool. next couple of days we're playing three shows so they're already in the set okay. and uh so i'm sure by the time we get to um, europe in a month mm. they'll be I'm sure Drowning will be in there too, and at least a couple more. Excellent, excellent. Because I'm hoping to see you guys at Desert Fest. Um, yeah, yeah, London, that's going to be London. great. We get to play with Hawkwind, which is amazing. I, I know, mean, right? <laughs> Hawkwind's been like like one of my favorite bands since I was 11 years old. Oh, this really? Is amazing to me. Yeah. Wow. This is killing me. I yeah. saw them when I was about 13. Yeah. I saw the Space Ritual tour. Um, you know, a million years ago, I was 13 years old. I saw Space Ritual live, and it. it <laughs> completely blew my mind yeah you know? yeah no they're one of those bands that can that take you on that like i said the journey they can take yeah you on totally. oh, man back then it was like very it was uh it was definitely the sonic attack yeah you know it was completely in your face like aggressive psychedelia um it wasn't the grateful dead and this was like 70s you know and uh <laughs> we never i'd never seen anything like that i was a little kid i'd never seen anything but I think I'd seen about five shows before that, like Slade and something else, and yeah. and maybe early Mata Hoople. And uh, but they came on, and it was just like sci-fi pulp. Yeah, you know, some sort of warped-out version of like punk space rock, and which I didn't even know existed. And uh, they and they had a you know Stacy the dancer who was like this six foot tall naked girl with giant boobs like dancing <laughs> in my thirteen year old face. It killed me. <laughs> And I was like, I think I want to do this for a living. Nice. So did you did you get like a lot of influence from that the British side of that the rock the kind of like the progressive psychedelic rock? Yeah, huge, huge. Um, you know, I, I listen to everything. Mm. Uh, of course, anything that was out British, uh, especially because British just they pretty much did hard rock, you know. So um, it was when I was a kid. A little kid, um, you know, like sixty nine, nineteen seventy. I started buying albums from the uh, record store 
without me knowing anything about them, just choosing covers and stuff. And they were all like British records, you know. It was like first King Crimson, first Black Sabbath, first Led Zeppelin. And uh, so I was, you know, a child yeah. bringing those things home and listening to them. It was, and all I, all I read at the bottom was, you know, recorded here, recorded there, recorded. It was all England. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it for me. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's a hell of a time to sort of be growing up with that music. Um, you know, um, I, I used to think that I was just being nostalgic about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is. I've been nostalgic for a long time because, you know, I've been around for a while. But now I re- the more and more I realize it's like it's not just I'm not just some guy being nostalgic. I really was lucky enough to be here at a time where the albums were unbelievably good. Yeah. Like right one right after another, like the whole of music for a couple of years there was just totally kicking ass. You know, from like 69 to 73, as yeah. far as hard rock goes. But yeah. holy God, it was amazing. No, definitely. Like I say, I mean, it must. I'm I'm a bit younger than that. I was sort of more of a child of the '80s, so right, kind of got the sort of more sort of like the glam side, and then the sort of more sort of post rock kind of. Um, well, I mean, there's always good stuff, you know. Yeah. What I mean, it's like, and I lived through that was when I was with my band, but I always had that that weird, this kind of strange glow where I don't think that even the press had it had rock really figured out yet so it seemed like nobody really knew knew what they were doing Mm. there wasn't a big connection between what the press was doing and what the bands were doing so the bands just did what they did almost in their own little spheres yeah and the press got onto it always after it was done Mm. so the stuff was like fully fleshed and made up with, without much consideration to how it would play out yeah. live. So you got these crazy different ideas and different sounds before anybody really realized that there's competition going here, competition going on here. Mm-hmm. So that's how you got records like, in the same year, you got like Sly and the Family Stone, there's a riot going on, mm-hmm. plus like Rod Stewart, uh, you know, the early Rod Stewart stuff, yeah. which is really, really great. Plus Alice Cooper, yep. Black Sabbath, King Crimson, all sounds of records that sound like they were made in different, completely different worlds. Yeah. Because I don't think they were really talking to each other. I think they were just kind of following the word on the street and whatever underground press was going on. Yeah. Later on, when the press got better at covering it, there was kind of uniformity to what was going to veer from the norm mm. and, and what was going to be the norm. It was just a little bit more in place yeah at this time it was kind of like no i I didn't know what was going to happen next i was consistently surprised nice yeah i mean back then obviously you know now compared to now you've got various outlets to to find music whereas then it was kind of like either through friends yeah it's almost yeah it's almost too good now yeah right so it's almost too good now it's like you can almost see that it's like movies you can you can see the the ending yes exactly exactly that yeah um, so with 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 Mindfucker, um, the album, um, how how was that writing process for you? Because obviously you mentioned that like just now, like having grown up in that time where you know you said the bands weren't really talking to each other. There's no real sort of trends forming. Is that the kind of attitude you take you take into a session um, in writing? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I to tell you the truth, man, I always try to pretend that I'm just like 16 years old. Okay, like. Whenever I go to write a record, I'm just like, what do I want to hear? Like, what do I want to hear? I, I try not to think about how it's going to fit in with anything mm-hmm. until it's it's done. Yeah. Um, 
and I usually think about how it's going to fit, how it's going to fit live. Like how, what would people think of this if it was performed live? Other than that, I, I can't worry about how, um, how it's going to size up to other acts out there or how it's going to play yeah. in on, on the internet, internet press or, or just in, in the, the new world of, uh, of, you know how this stuff is played out. Yeah. So I just I just play a game with myself. You know, I'm like, wow, this is gonna be really cool, and like, maybe it's uh, you know, maybe we're gonna like set the world on fire with this, knowing you know, deep down on my side, that deep down inside, that's probably not gonna do any of that. But <laughs> I pretend like it is, and yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole point, really, isn't it? I mean, you can you can set out to make a commercial success and maybe attain it, or you can just write what makes you kind of. Happy. Yeah, I mean, I thought about, I thought about going for it, you know, and like really, like you know, studying the charts and do stuff like, you know, some of the bigger bands have done, which obviously a lot of people do their homework yeah. for these bands wouldn't sound all the same. No, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't if all these bands that are out now that are actually doing good, like you know, say like Stone Sour and stuff like that. Obviously, they follow the charts. Yeah, you know, they follow that sound. If there's a sound. Uh, and I couldn't do it. I'd probably fail at it anyway. Even if I tried it, I'd probably fail. So it's best for me to just kind of stick to my stick to my roots. Mm. I mean, you've had you've you guys have had success. I mean, you've had your music used in various TV shows. Um, from what I remember, it was uh, Sons of Anarchy. Mm. You had a couple of tracks on that. Um, yeah, yeah, we got lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you're you're sort of like you're cult following with the kind of like uh, the comic book universe, the Marvel universe, and things like that. With um, obviously, most notably the Negasonic Teenage Warhead, uh, most recently mm. on that front. But obviously, you've you've referenced comics within your sort of sound before, and I've heard you on uh, other podcasts um, like Tell Em Steve Dave, which is right, right over in your area of the woods, the uh, in New Jersey, um, and um, you know, so I know that's kind of, you know, one of your passions, if you will. Um, I love comics, man. Yeah. Comics are the best. And comics like, are like my, one of my favorite mediums because it's like, it's very, it's, it's very personal. You don't, you don't like read comics with other people. You know, you don't sit there like two people don't sit together reading a comic book. I, at least not that I know of like, Hey, okay, turn the page, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just you and this, and this book, this little book that has cool pictures and you're kind of engaged in, in a way that's unlike TV or movies, which is meaning that you kind of control the, uh, the speed of which you consume it. Yeah. So you can linger on a panel and choose to move next. So it's different, you know, and like, you know, TVs and movies kind of guide you and comics try to guide you, but they can't control how much you linger and then how much you linger is how much you interpret what's going on. Um, it it sounds like I'm making a bigger deal and believe me, all (laughs) most comic books aren't that great, but it's the promise of them that gets me great. It's, it's like this thing could be any any tripped out crazy person and can interpret almost anything by just lingering on the words and the picture in the panel. Yeah, and it's it's real. I I just I've never found a substitute for it. Uh, and I read them all the time. You know, I read yeah. big boy books all the time too, and I watch movies, of course. But nothing gets me more than that experience with the comic. It's just so cool. Yeah, and there were so many people unsung heroes in comics that that's really gets me too. yeah I you know fantastic that. artists and writers that didn't get paid anything yeah. and totally created like a mountain 
of just the most fantastic on un, you know there's no budget on the special effects in someone's imagination so these guys made up stuff that still you probably still couldn't film today jack kirby alone yeah you know? yeah no, i was gonna say a lot of the like artwork is the like because I, I i read comics as well and you're right you linger on it especially when the, the high like you get someone who's obviously incredibly talented like drawer um or artist and 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 you do you just sit there with the words on the page looking at that picture and you always see something going on there's always something in the yeah. background there's always something kind of and, and it's your mind that makes that that happen as well so it can work yes like your your mind yeah. you know it's like you you're doing it you're the one who's like reading more into it than there yeah. or hopefully you are yeah um i, I love it yeah no it's it's, uh, it's one of my sort of passions as well so it's uh Oh, cool. Always good to sort of like speak to another person about comics. And you're right. You don't read them with people. You tend to read them alone. Like most books, in fact, it's just. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, a huge fan of reading in general. And reading is like the, the best, my favorite form of entertainment because it forces me to uh, to focus on it. So I absorb. I get more, more enjoyment out of um, having my brain nailed like that like forced into focus than they do even watch i mean the movie's gonna have to be pretty goddamn good for my mind not to wander yeah yeah no, it has to it has to keep my attention <laughs> as well yeah i mean and, and reading like forces you you either read it or you don't read it you know I, I i really go oh i'm not paying attention while i'm reading i i either like put the thing down i either give it a hundred percent or no percent but yeah. movies i often can sit there and give it 50 percent yeah which is kind of bullshit. It's just a waste of time. It is. It is. It kind of is playing out for you in that respect. It's just that, you know, there is a distraction. So. Yeah. Movies are best like, you know, to watch with your friends or your girlfriend, you know, and you, you kind of talk about it and stuff. But I, I can't think of any times I've actually sat there with a comic book with my girlfriend, like reading. Oh. <laughs> in fact, I would say never, never <laughs> get those things out of here. You know? Cool. <laughs> Um, so I've got a couple of questions left for you, uh, and then I'll let you get on with the rest of your day because I know it's um, obviously you're five hours behind me, aren't you? So it's just coming up to coming yeah. up to midday. Yeah, yeah, coming up on midday. Yeah, I was living in Florida up until recently, so I was in the same time zone. So Florida, yeah, how was that? Uh, it was all right. Yeah, I was there for yeah. about five years in in Tampa. And, all right. Um, yeah, no, we just moved back to England, so <laughs> get ready for gray. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Gone from sun to well, it's actually Whew, right now wow. to uh, play the stereotype, but it is grey and murky outside right now. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so um, yeah, uh, obviously we've already kind of discussed probably one of your hobbies with with comic books and stuff. Do you have any other hobbies away from music? Anything you kind of like separate yourself out for? Not really. I mean, it's like um, it's pretty simple. I'm pretty, you know, pretty unexciting person. I just read. Mm. Um, read a lot books and comics and anything art I love to look at art um, I buy books you know I'm like a book hound and then the rest of the time I'm usually either writing or thinking about writing or playing live or like riding my bicycle you know nice. I like to ride my bike through the woods cool and so pretty hermit like yeah just absorbing as much stuff as I possibly can because it's interesting and then when it's time to it's a cool life actually because I get to be kind of a hermit and then we go, I go on tour and then I just change into this other person, which is like, you know, rock animal guy Yeah. and go berserk. Nice. Because <laughs> people kind of expect it. So, um, 
I get to be, you know, have an alter ego of sorts. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. No, I like that. Um, and uh, three top albums of yours that kind of shaped the kind of uh, musician or person that you've become. You could pinpoint like three of them. Oh, you mean albums that like, that I like, you yeah. know, from history, yeah. that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. that's so hard, man. <laughs> uh, three. Um, Hawkwind in Search of Space, uh, Stooges Funhouse, um, Black Sabbath Paranoid. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. Could be cool. three good ones, but there's, you know, there's thousands after yes. that. But th- yeah. that would. Now, I'm always after the ones that come to your mind first, just to sort of like, uh, also further my own sort of musical like sphere because i mean i know of hawkwind i've listened to hawkwind obviously being from england and black sabbath as well but i'm always looking for something so um and there's there's waste i mean there's stuff that's way under the radar that's obscure that's fantastic from that time period i mean there's just so much um from that one little period captain beyond granicus three-man army um just on and on and on it's it's I love that time period. And that's the stuff that really kicked my ass. And then I could say the Ramones too, because, uh, you know, a couple of years after that whole seventies thing, which was really brief, the only thing of, of that looked like any kind of real energy, uh, that came out was punk rock. Yeah. And that's what got me into my first band. So I'd have to say the Ramones too. Nice. Cool. Um, and finally, uh, where's the best place to check out, uh, Monster Magnet, like online, social media, anything like that you want to plug? Um, yeah, I was just, you know, like going there. There's, there's, um, there's a, a couple that we have a, you know, we have a, a, a website or stuff, and most of the action goes on the Monster Magnet Facebook or a, 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 a website called um, Bull God Disciples. Uh, Bull God Disciples, I forget what the actual thing is, it's a Facebook group, and they're a really, really cool group, and they're, they're based in the UK, uh, UK. and um, they kind of handle that. But yeah, so we're all over there. We're all Excellent. out there. Cool. Well, Dave, thank you very much. Uh, I do appreciate your time. Um, sure, man. It's nice talk. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, no, you're good. You're good. The uh, longer right, you guys cool. talk, the better. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'll let, obviously I'll let the guys know back here, um, when this stuff goes up and out and, um, I'll be coming to see you guys probably at desert fest or one of your other UK. Oh, right on. So, um, yeah, I'll be seeing you guys there. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you as well, man. Thank you again. Right on. All right, bye. Bye.